0: Uh, welcome to this very special episode of Scream Squad. Uh, this is Chico Leo, and I am joined in the dungeon by... Leo Fairman. What's going on, Screamers? And we're here to specifically talk about, on this uh, special uh, episode, about uh, we're talking about Stranger Things too. Uh, Way back when it originally aired, uh, back when it was Jamie and I in the dungeon, we talked about uh, Stranger Things, and I know I felt, and I'm pretty sure I should have maybe gone back and listened to that, that she felt that it was good, but that we were both kind of overwhelmed or shocked by the overwhelming love that it got. I mean, it was at a point where it was like Stranger Things was the highest rated thing on IMDb. And we called the episode The Two Stevens, and it was, we talked about, like, the quote-unquote influence of Stephen King and Steven Spielberg on um, Stranger Things. And um, I guess there's a certain amount of how much you love season one on how much you thought that it was ripping off, and how much it was an homage to a very specific 80s um, vibe. Cause it was, it wasn't just, you know, movies, TV shows, books, the soundtrack itself. Um, I don't know what, 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 what are your thoughts? Uh, cause I, I have a lot of thoughts and, uh, for, se- you know, for season think? one. I mean,
1: like it's weird. I don't, I personally was totally fine with the nostalgic drooling of season one for the most part. I got it. It was fun to spot the references. And I mean, my honestly, like, I think my most significant beef with it is come the end of those eight episodes, all I thought to myself was that there was no reason this had to be stretched into eight hours. I did not get eight hours of powerful character development or, you know, the sumptuous design and story buildup. It wasn't that it was fine. I was like, this could have been a two hour movie and I probably would have liked it much better. But at the end I was like, I don't really feel like I spent like eight valuable hours, you know, to, in, in and those eight hours were all used to tell like this very important story. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, it was a bit lukewarm on one, uh, but I did like it. It, it. It's, I think it's like sort of a hard thing to hate outright. <laughs> it's kind of. Oh no, no, no I didn't. <laughs> no, hate I know. It. Like I like. I'm it. not implying that. You I would have
0: given it like if it, in a vacuum, I would have given it a B or maybe it'd have even a B plus. But when everyone came out and was literally like throwing themselves down on the ground, and gnashing their teeth and rending their garments and saying that like there had never been anything this good ever on Netflix. Then I was like a little like no, it's not that good. Like my my grade would have lowered compared to that like unqualified A plus that everyone was giving. I
1: don't, you know what? I honestly don't give a shit about that. Like I don't care. If I I, I like being able to love a thing that everyone loves. Like it's it's not when I see the people oh, yeah. when I see the people gnashing. I'm kind of like, all right, what do you got? What, what what's making you gnash?
0: Like I'll gnash. Right. <laughs> I guess for me, it also was like I could see you know supposedly they pitched it um and again we're here to talk about season 2 and so it's so impossible to not the first one but they 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 pitched it by going in the duffer brothers by going in and having edited edited together like footage from goonies footage from stand by me footage from um uh et and you could literally physically see it in the uh you know in 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 the movies like you could see where they swiped yeah and um And so it was just sort of so obvious that it was. I felt maybe it's because I felt very protective. I myself am about two, three years younger than the kids in Stranger Things. So I was whatever they are age-wise like two or two years later, three years later and so I, you know, I, I did see all those things in the theaters and I did, they did affect who I am today and so maybe I was like slightly overprotective and I agree very much with what you just said about season one in terms of like it wasn't it for me, it didn't feel like, you know, it was worthy of eight eight chapters and the pacing was kind of off. And I, you know, everyone talked about how great Winona Ryder was. And when I think back to season one, I just really sort of think of her running around and shrieking and waving her hands around and sort of being really shrill. Um, I didn't feel any of that about season two. I kind of felt about season two, what everyone else felt about season one. Like I did think it was worthy of the nine chapters. I, I binged it, uh, with, with someone in two days and we only stopped cause I had actual plans on the first day that didn't allow us to continue, but we would have done it in one s- straight nine hour, you know, um, uh call like one so I I really it came together for me in season two that it didn't in season one and maybe I was able to switch my headspace from it being like a ripoff to an homage but I also think like just I knew who the characters were I was more interested in them um I don't know and even in this one I felt like there were whole scenes where I was like oh that's close encounters oh, that's, you know, that they actually brought in sort of more. I was like, oh, that's The Shining. Oh, that's, you know, there was, there were more influences there were. than the two Stevens, and musically, you know, I loved the music all along, but again, I felt like, oh, wow, this sounds like John Carpenter, or this sounds like, you know, the uh, Tangerine Dream soundtrack to um, Sorcerer, or, you know, um, but I really, I, you know it, it came together for me in, in season two in a way that it didn't in season one, and I don't know just from talking to you if, if that was your.: It was definitely experience.
1: Not. It was not. Right. It was, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like what's that? There's some Zen phrase that's like, you know, someone told someone told, tells this monk about how great the mountains are, and you got to go travel to the mountains, and then the monk goes and travels to the mountains and he comes back, and the guy's like, "Well, how was it?" And the monk's like, uh, "I saw the mountains." You know, right. it's kind of like that's sort of like how I'm feeling with with season two. I I think the first half of season two got me really excited, and I was super engaged in it. And I I, I liked the creativity that they were showing. I'm like the, the 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 interesting thing is that the plot is not a rehash. It is they're taking it in a new direction, and they have new concerns and new new kind of like like new kind of story goals in it
0: and Um, new characters as well
1: there's there there are a couple new characters um i'm i was game for all that i was actually really intrigued by it and then about halfway through it i kind of i lost the thread again and all these things started creeping up and all these like and they were the one of my biggest issue if i probably could say my biggest issue with season two is i think they are specific things that i liked in season one that they fucked up this time and that like what? Right, so, um, man, I have got, I got, I got kind of a list for, again, for good things. And we, we, before we we got on the show, I, we mentioned, I mentioned this briefly. Um, you know, Hopper is amazing in this. It's his season. Yeah. He is, I think like he's definitely, this is like, like Emmy attention material. He's absolutely excellent. He's given more to do and steps up to the challenge of more to do. Um, and like, yeah, he was just like a, like an absolutely beloved character for me throughout um he I think he kind of has the most complicated job his emotions are the are the most complex his like you know his kind of his secrets are the are the most are the darkest and the strangest um like so he's just I I feel like he carries the season and I kind of enjoyed it almost every time when he was actually on the screen um I was bugged out and like Look! Look at me! Like with with notes. See, this is the thing. I'm t- I take notes on the show, and yet <laughs> I have um, I have like archetypes instead of names for people because th- because the characters are often such archetypes. Um, so what I had what I had here, the note was Jock. <laughs> The jock character, which wait,
0: Steve? Are you talking about Steve? Or are you talking about like the rock and roll Steve, guy who drove? Steve, the, yeah, 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 like guess yeah, and
1: Steve is not really a jock in this one. And for no. me, like I like Steve was cool in this he, one. He he was my favorite character in season one, not necessarily because I just think he was the best character, but because season one, like with all these tropes it took this trope and just bent it and bent it out of shape.
0: Well, it took the trope of the dick and made him,
1: right. Not a dick. And made you buy it and brought you on board and you believed it. And that I really, really got engaged with. And I was like, that was unexpected. I didn't see any of his character arc in that way. And I was like really surprised. And I thought that was, that was meaningful. Um, The same thing with the, you know, with again, like using archetypes, the, the ducky character, the older brother, Um, you know, I'm like, he like I know that they were angling for him to get the girl, but in the end he didn't, and that was fine, and that's okay, and like life is like not as convenient as as that. Even though I guess somewhat ironically, um, you know, Ducky
0: doesn't get her either in the end of that movie, but you get right. what I mean. Um, and so they they you, you're ta- you're talking about um, what's this, the 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 kid who disappears? Winona Ryder's older son. The older son, yeah. Um, uh, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. yeah. No, Charlie. Charlie, I think is the actor. Oh uh is his name Charlie? Yeah no 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 uh Jonathan. God, what a forgetful name. The irony actually is the name that the actor is Charlie and he was uh barred from entering the United States for the premiere because there was cocaine in his bag and co- and Charlie uh, is an actual uh euphemism for cocaine. So Charlie so had Charlie in it. it. It it all comes full circle. Yes. Wow. Um, I think he's British. I
1: did, I did not know that. Uh, I did see that. I saw, uh, I saw tweets about what you were talking about, but I, I didn't put it together. It's like, Oh, that's the guy from stranger things.
0: Right. Anyway.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, and he gets the girl in this one and I'm like, okay. And then, you know, the, the, I guess the, the, the jock does have like sort of an interesting arc. The movie sort of turns into gremlins at times, <laughs> um, you right. know, in like, in like a few different places. And I, and I, it's not like I hated the jock character or anything like that, but I don't like. I, I don't know. Like I almost felt like they 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 remained confused about what to do with him, though. I still think he's interesting. I still think he's pretty central. Like him and Hopper are both pretty central. Um. Uh, I mean. The the I think the most interesting thing about about the story, just without dismissing the actors for a while, the story like turns it into a very uh, Silent Hill type of idea where it's like the secrets that the first one was about, and this was hinted at like the end of the first season, are really like about an infestation of the town, something that's under the town's surface. It's not just like a lab and an incident and and an isolated situation. It's something that like runs through the entire community.
0: Um, Which is sort of almost Blue Velvet-esque, like that when you get beneath the surface of this sort of town, this sort of, you know, idyllic placid town in Twin Peaks as well, there's sort of all this crazy shit going on. Like, yeah. there's an almost Lynchian uh, thing going on there. Do, I
1: mean, do you think, though... Uh, and we were talking about sense of place in the last episode. Do you think Stranger Things has an effective sense of place? Dismissing the nostalgic era. The town itself. I mean, the actual geography of the town. Do you think there's something, like, communicated well, they, strongly? Well, they
0: do it here by... Uh, I'm not sure if this answers your question. By actually... You know, sort of placing it, but you know, between like Pittsburgh and Chicago, and you know, it takes place in Indiana, and in in a in a mythical. I did not actually know that Hawkins was not real, but Hawkins is a fictional town in Indiana, and um, by actually opening up the world a little bit and having um, Eleven travel to Chicago and then travel to Pittsburgh. Um, and opening it up the way it did, I thought, I thought the, the cold open of introducing this other, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, kid and then not, not going back to that literally for like seven episodes was kind of awesome. Um, you know, so, so that does put it in that like rust belt, you know, that, that sort of borderline between the rust belt and the Midwest, do you know, do you know where if that's what you mean in terms of like when you say place?
1: I mean, like that the town is a character. I mean, do
0: you feel like the town is a character? Not as much as like, say, Twin Peaks right. or even like uh, Lumberton, which I think is the name of the town in uh, in Blue Velvet. Um, but I you know, I mean, it it sort of in, in its own way it kind of has to be. I mean, you get a sense. There's a sense of history, the sense of generational history. I thought we haven't even talked about Bob the Brain um Sean Aston's character but um you know by by sort of introducing the uh sort of stuff from the past the fact that Bob the Brain had started the AV club that the kids were all you know avid members of the fact that you know Bob the Brain had a crush on Joyce in high school and now he ended up with her mm-hmm. that there was Hopper and Joyce had had a thing in high school, like all of that. That was good, you know. Does give character because you have this sense of a, of generations in the town, um, right? Right, right, right. You know, right. Um, and I just want to say, so Sean Astin, who it um, was never a really big star. Um, he's from Hollywood royalty. His father, John Astin, was uh, Gomez Adams on the Adams Family, and he um, he was the lead in Goonies. And there's even a point, like, there's so many self-referential stuff in um, Stranger Things, but there's a point where he's talking to Joyce, and they're trying to figure out the map. And he's like, so, you know what? There's pirate treasure the right, end, yeah. which is clearly a reference to Goonies, you know, yeah. with the pirate treasure, and there's sort of other stuff than that. I mean, he also, he's had a decent enough career for a non-movie like movie star, you know, sort of uh, husky dude. You know, he, he was Rudy in rudy and of course i think most people know him as sam from lord of the rings
1: yeah he was he's also uh this is so random but he's also the narrator for the uh flower arc for the show meerkat manor which is a great show i don't care what anybody says and it was an right wow okay arc. yeah he's the narrator right. he was the narrator for that that is a good that is a great show that people kind of shit on but it's so
0: good well, yeah, so I, um, I I, I think in that sense, I don't know if it has a sense of place, but it has a sense of character. You know, when you asked if it had a sense of place, I felt that it was more, I thought in the first season it could have been any town. They could have been in the Pacific Northwest. They, I mean, yes, it says it's, you know, Hawkins, Indiana, but I, I actually did think that they placed it a little more um in the sense that i bet that town is doing a lot worse in 2017 than it was in 1983 and 84 <laughs> i think that's all but right? all but assured um, also
1: um i remember i i read somewhere this is sort of irrelevant to to what i was saying but it's kind of relevant i read somewhere that like the duffer brothers are from north carolina um and that apparently the whole the town is actually supposed to, it has tons of north carolina like super secret references in it because they're like right. obsessed with like representing their they're they're from durham i
0: believe um
1: I, that's also She is missed. doing well right now.
0: Is it? Yeah, that whole R- Raleigh Durham area is like a tech triangle. Oh yeah, And yeah, yeah. um, so that that part of I mean, and it's also like politically purple. I thought that was another wonderful thing. Was you know showing you know I think most of the people had like you know Reagan right, yeah. signs in their front yard, and Dustin's mom was the only one with the Mondale Ferraro you know yeah. sign. Um. Again, um, I, you know, growing up, I, growing up in Brooklyn, all of this sort of, all these movies and things that it references were either in, like, suburbia or small-town America, and that was very foreign to me and i didn't know anyone who voted like all the grown-ups that i knew when i was a kid voted for mondale and like my teachers my you know my parents my family members so i didn't i didn't know a lot of people and reagan in 1984 won by like the biggest landslide in american history um like i think he took literally 49 states so um including most certainly indiana but um you know so in in terms of that i i do think that they have You know, certainly, it's it's its place in time is very carefully, you know, um, manicured. Um, But its place in where it is, I thought, was established in America was established in the second season in a way that it wasn't in the first. It could have been anywhere in America in the first, um, outside of you know, yeah, New York. You know, I mean, so no, it was um, it was suburbia land with a lab, right? (laughs) Right, that was season one. Um you know and not a suburb of a major city you know like it wasn't no. like you know adventures in babysitting where they were like 45 minutes out of Chicago Yeah no it's like a like. sleepy corner. Right. So, you know, um you know it was more like the town in, you know, in um in in the Goonies, um, but yeah, I mean, this one, uh, I I think the thing that you know that, that I saw a lot more of in this season was Close Encounters that I didn't see in the first one, from him like drawing out the stuff to there were shots there were whole that were right se- there were just whole shots yeah. and sequences like you know, um, but um I you know I thought it was wildly successful at sort of opening up the world. And I was much more engaged in, like, the kid romance stuff. Like, I didn't care about any of that in the first one. Um, Whereas I, you know, and I think there's more of it in the second. But I found, like, you know, sort of Mike and Eleven's romance, like, interdimensional them, like, not being able to connect across dimensions. had much more resonance than anything of the him, like, longing for her in the first one. And... Um, I don't know, even uh, Mike's sister and the, her, her love triangle with the two dudes and like Dustin, you know, Dustin, you know, who's clearly the clown, like he's almost like the Chunk character like, you know, his like losing max to lucas which i was psyched that max and lucas ended up together but like you know when he's like alone at the end of the dance crying and then the older girl comes up and asks him to dance like i was into all that you know i was just more engaged in the characters than i was in the first season you know i
1: i i I don't i don't know if i fully agree and i I actually i actually did
0: not really get in and uh you know wrapped up too much in the and hopper too actually Like, his, like, a lot of the stuff that you were talking about, he didn't resonate as strongly with me in the first season. Like, I was like, this is like a, like, you know, fourth-rate Harrison Ford was, like, you know... Sort of, of, yeah. He's he's very... In the first
1: season. He's super archetypal in the first season. And in this one, I just felt like there was a depth to the character that was explored really satisfyingly. Like, it was... was
0: Also, Joyce, Winona Ryder, I thought she was too shrill in the first season, and I thought she was much cooler and... Like, the bomb who is... I mean, she was active in the first season. Yeah, yeah, she's, like, in the thing. But but I I liked her more in the second season. Like, I felt like she was making... Like, it was a horrible decision when there's, like, the thing is inside her kid... And she's like, we gotta burn it out or whatever. You know what I mean? And the kid is screaming. And like, I felt like I don't know. That was just so much more resonant to me in this season than anything with like the Christmas lights in the first season.
1: I mean, like they they sort of rehashed that. I I actually I don't, I'm not on board for that. And I I although like I didn't hate Winona in the first one. Like I felt sort of the same way about her. I did feel like she was she was shrill and like and th- this is like I think one of the problems with with where the plot loses me in a lot of ways is that like there's something interesting and and super sequely whether it's a reference to a specific movie or i think many um about this idea that this horrible fucking thing happened to happened to people in this town all the people that it happened to know about it with no mistake they're not it's not like they think they saw something it's like they know exactly what the fuck happened but you know normality returns it's like when it's like when a complete like you know destructive sexual predator is elected president, but then you know life
0: kind of goes on. It's like the same thing. It's like life kind of goes on in the town. But although there is an official thing, like the, the one of the things that bother me about this, so the officials, like the White House, will still deny that he's a sexual predator and completely incompetent and yada yada yada. Whereas there's a scene where um, Jonathan and Nancy go to the lab. And the Paul Reiser doctor just tells them everything and allows them to record it. And it's just like that would not have happened. By the way, that's another casting. So obviously they cast very carefully. Like Winona Ryder was, you know, the golden girl of the... uh, of the eighties and Matthew Modine as the villain, he was in a lot of eighties movies, but Paul Reiser, you know, a lot of people obviously remember him from aliens, which I believe was 86, but Paul Reiser is also in diner. He got his start in diner and diner is 82 and is really, I think go is like an underrated, like, you know, you wouldn't have had like the breakfast club in St. Elmo's fire. It was the first of these sort of plotless coming of age movies and if anything is underrated, and I I actually really love Diner. Is a Diner lot, underrated?
1: I actually feel like Diner gets a lot of a lot of love. Does I, it? I thought so. No. All right. Well, Diner um, great. Yeah, Diner I is don't know. Great. I fully agree with you. Diner is. is... But
0: anyway, uh, and that was actually Paul Reiser was almost an extra, and they had all this ad lib dialogue in there, and he was so funny that his character actually becomes much more of a. You know, much m- more of a more of a major character in the movie. I mean, or a major minor character, and then he's just a guy who's in the diner hanging out with them in all those scenes, and they just ad libbed so much dialogue, and he had so much funny dialogue that um, his character was sort of you know that he ad libbed was sort of boosted, and I think he most famously has the you know, would you rather, who'd you rather make out with Mathis or uh, make out to (laughs) Mathis or Sinatra, that that whole, and then there's a whole conversation about that. I
1: I think, I think Paul Reiser in this is like one of the gems. Like I didn't mention him in that original one, but it's, it's interesting because I I do think he's good in this, but more than that, I think his character is brilliant. And I think the idea, like the way they introduce him, put me to sleep and i'm like okay I, I get the idea he's like supposed to be this like government uh this government you know student. he's supposed to be somebody who's like helping but in reality he has nefarious shit involved like his character in aliens and i was like okay fine i guess he's the new like you know white-haired villain in this one or whatever and he's and he's totally not he's not a good i mean he is a good guy in a sense but he's interesting he's complicated and layered and the fact is that like he represents this like interesting concept of a of a sort of like, you know, private company or, or half federal, uh, employee who does give a shit. It's just that he's trying to protect people at the same time. And like, and then when people kind of penetrate and need to know the truth that he's there to like talk about the truth as well. And like explain what's going on. He, I thought was, uh, was, was pretty resilient, um, as a character like throughout. And I really, really got into what they did with him. Yeah. Like that scene, I totally did not expect that scene where they walk through the lab, I thought that was great, and like how he, and like later on, like with all the drama that happens in the lab itself, like that whole thing is 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 excellent, and that plays off to the other thing in it, which I thought was uh, was the most unexpected thing outside of Paul Reiser's character was that they they killed off Bob. I did not expect that
0: at uh, all. I, I actually expected they were going to kill him off because. I think there's this ultimate thing of like Joyce and Hopper, and Hopper getting Hopper back together and that I and don't Bob like Is standing in the way. I don't
1: like that. Although the, it doesn't resolve with that either at
0: the it end. It doesn't resolve no, with no, that. It doesn't there's go still, there. You yeah. know, so, you know, but of course there's going to be a third season and possibly a fourth, but um, yeah, I, uh, I, Oh, and then also, I guess we, we haven't really talked about Max and her brother. So, I mean, of one thing, I, I I would say Max is too cool to hang out with that, but, you know, um, I, I get it, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and I thought all of the, her her intro and all that was was really cool. Um, um, another trope I, I just want to jump off of that, that they definitely take from all these 80s movies was the broken family. I mean, E.T., the the family, it's a single mom. Um, in Close Encounters, the family, it's like they, they're breaking up. Um, A lot of these, you know, things, and and we see, you know, Dustin doesn't have a dad. Um, I think Lucas has both his parents. He has, like, an intact family. Mike has an intact family. But, you know, even then, they're, like, the, you know, the parents are sort of distant and disconnected. And, you know, Joyce, obviously, is a single mom. So this definitely, uh, and then of course you have this really broken family that you're introduced. Um, one of the things that didn't, I didn't really totally get, were we supposed to get that the older brother was racist? Like why didn't he want Max hanging out with Lucas? That was odd. I don't know. That was like a weird thing that like, I didn't totally get. And there was some darkness that they were hinting at that I was worried that he was, I don't know. Um... But I actually liked... like, I mean, I thought all his intros where, you know, he's listening to Rat or Judas Priest or whatever. And, you know, he's got the cigarette dangling. Yeah, Metallica you know, in the mirror and <laughs> shit. Yeah, all, all of that I, I actually really liked. And I thought Max was awesome. And I did think they needed to add another girl. And... I actually just from like sort of Twitter before I actually watched it. I thought that Lucas's little sister was gonna have a bigger role. I think she's in like three scenes over nine episodes, and she's pretty bratty. Yeah. But um, yeah. everybody seemed to love her. Yeah,
1: I like. I she was she was cool, but yeah, I sort of like ex- expected a little more from. She's a little punchline-y. You know? Yeah. Um but and like the sassy little black girl. Like, you know, we haven't seen that trope before. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like I didn't I didn't mind her on screen or anything like that, but yeah, I sort of was also like so she's the new Barbara, she's the new person who's barely in it that kind of everybody falls in love with, weirdly.
0: Right. Um, yeah. Well no, Barb had a bigger character than she did, but
1: um are you you sure about that? Barb is in like five minutes of that show. I guess you're right. I guess she's, she's right. really barely um, in it, and she's sort of like. I mean, I, I, Barb is a pain. Barb, in the ass. I,
0: I have to say, Bob the Brain, you know, Sean, uh, Aston's character is sort of like Barb in that he sort of has to die for the plot. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, Barb dying is like a huge plot thing, but also Nancy's character and Steve, like, these characters. Are, you know she gets fridged, but these so these other characters can sort of learn something or move up or move forward or whatever and the same thing sort of happens with Bob um, hmm. and once they were like Bob has to complete this task, I was like, okay, so Bob's gonna complete this task and then get killed and of course that's what happened um, but um yeah I mean all in all again i I, I liked uh, the characters that they added I liked the way they expanded the universe. Um, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, you can skip episode seven, which is absurd on episode seven is great. It's just a different movie.
1: Yeah, but I I, like that. It's
0: almost like a, this is what it could have been. You know what I mean? This is almost like the alternate that it could have been that 11 runs away, joins this gang of, you know, of, of like, you know, um outcasts in the city and maybe that's what like you know and you, you have this more like runaways or the gifted or lost you boys know, or, yeah, yeah something like that i thought that that was great like i really i, I thought it was super it, entertaining yeah and i thought it was important to give 11 something to do and give her a reason to come back absolutely to her friend you I know agree. what i mean I like when 11 comes back and saves them it's fucking awesome i think i think um, like that's that's the thing
1: about too in that um I think season 1 was a movie. And again, I I right. I aff, I if aff, I fixed to that. It, that got stretched right, out. Right, it was a stretched out movie. And if season two's like if season 2 is cinematic, it's multiple movies. There's like a bunch of different threaded plot lines and I like some of them more than others, but they're they kind of like go off in different directions. And episode 7 is like the big the biggest diversion in a way. But no, you're right. right. Like it by by having Eleven sort of, like, face that, one, like, she gets to grow in a way that's not happening in the sleepy town of, in the sleepy Louisiana town at all, because she's right. not going to be faced with those kinds Indiana. of choices. Indiana, Indiana. sorry. She's not going to be- f- Be a very different show, said. <laughs> yeah, no, it would be, uh, it would be, uh, true- tr- In the bayou. True, true
0: things? Was true, was true detective yeah. in
1: Louisiana? I think it was.
0: Yeah. 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 <laughs> stranger, stranger detective. Um, there was some actual true detective vibes, I thought, at one point when they're out in the like, you know, sort of cornfields or whatever. With the pumpkins, or, like they're Yeah, with the pumpkins and the flashlights and I don't know. It's sort of I don't know, there was a moment in there. But yeah. Um I think I'm sorry, yeah. No, no, no.
1: Um uh but yeah, like there are there are it's a lot of different like I I cannot use lob that same criticism at two. I can't say like the thing with two is it was too stretched out and it should have been a movie. It it was it was bulging at the seams. I understand why it was an extra episode. There was a lot of stuff to do and a lot of stuff to tell. Um, I I but there were still there were like nitpicks like throughout. There was like I I thought like repeatedly drugging a fucking like teenager is like kind of crazy. Kind of like crazy. That's uh, that's that's real. That's real. That's real quick writing to just like well that's how we're gonna stop. and We're just gonna keep putting him to sleep because you can't really you can't just like. You will keep... That's how you kill a person? (laughs) Right. Well, I also
0: thought there was something sort of, like, 80s, how, like, people just didn't, you know, like, people don't realize, like... One of the things about Stranger Things is, like, you know, like... A lot of the characters smoke, and it was like in the eighties, a lot of people, a lot more people, smoke than today. Yeah. And I just thought it was like you know, oh yeah, we can, we can, you know, there was still this attitude in the eighties that was reminiscent. All those people in the eighties grew up with like the Jetsons and the idea that you know technology will save us and you know whatever. And so I, I, I feel like they, you know, there, this whole paranoia about like autism and vaccines and everything like that, like that didn't exist, and like that was like super 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 fringy in like the 80s so i feel like people turning to drugs to you know part of the problem a lot of the problems that we have today are because people in the 80s and in the 90s were so sort of free to be like oh yeah drugs are the answer so in that sense i agree with you and that it is um it can be sort of like easy sloppy writing but on the other hand i thought it was real in the sense that you know um There is no character on TV that they want you to... I mean, the reality is this is a show where the two most uh, heroic adults or whatever in Joyce and Hopper are both cigarette smokers. Like, that would never happen in any show today. Um you know Jessica Jones smokes in the comic and drinks, but you know Marvel wouldn't have her smoke in the TV show. But she can be you know a drunk, you know, like stumbling over liquor bottles and stealing beers and the defenders from a homeless woman. You know, but so yeah, I I, I think it was more of an '80s thing when people were just freer with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I I like that read, and I'm and I'm okay with that right. read. But I, I, it was noticeable. I mean, I think in one episode they, they actually like drug him to it. Yeah. Three or
1: they repeat it. And I'm like, we got to put him to right. sleep. We got to drug I'm like, him. Like, mom, you know?
0: care, careful
1: mom. <laughs> That's, you know, you're right. Good. Uh, no. And I mean, okay. And like, I guess the, like, like my end up. And again, I am, I am here for stranger things season two, but end result is that I, is that I did like it. And I think like it. Sort of similar to the first one, I think it's like impossible to just like outright oh, hate it because there's so, there's something there that you're going to like, you know, There even people who don't have the nostalgia relationship, like there's going to be an aspect because the story is really diversified in terms of what it's trying to do. So if like you're there for the horror stuff, there's some horror stuff. And if you're there for, you know, like the the gushy kid romance stuff, like there's plenty of that. Um I, I guess, like, something kind of, and, I, and I, I'm not going to know the best way to put it in the words, but something kind of settled in my brain, like, when I was, like, wrapping it up. And it was, like, thinking about this idea that, you know, the the show is, is really, like, weaponized nostalgia. Like, it's one of the most nostalgic fucking things I've ever seen. Um, and, <clears throat> like, I think that I sometimes scrape with the way that it tells its story because in the midst of that nostalgia, they discuss and reveal and interrogate real life drama like shit that's not not cute and not nostalgic and not and real like i mean you know like uh broken families and heartbreak Um, a mother a mother a mother whose son like looks to have like mental problems and like is literally like dying in front of her and there's nothing she can do everything she does seems to hurt him and that stuff like actually like kind of got to me but then i'm like I don't I actually don't like that it that's under a wrapper of nostalgia. It's almost like if you're gonna give me the nostalgia, then like give it to me. And like if you're gonna take the nostalgia and then like bend it to introduce like this real shit that like was not in a, a ton of the this 80s stuff, it was in some of it. But even when it was in some of that 80s stuff, it was kind of a lot of times it wasn't it wasn't done too effectively or done in a way right. that's like, you know, reasonably realistic. And they're trying to do that here. And so like those two energies scrape a lot. And like that, that always like kind of stops me from loving Stranger Things at multiple points. And that happened throughout this season. uh, And I believe it happened uh, throughout the first one, but this one just had more. So it kind of, I think happened more frequently. Um, So that's like a really fucking, a really, uh, you know, measured uh, recommendation in that there's like, there's, I think there's all these things in me that prevent me from like deeming this greatness. But in spite of that, like, I, there's a lot of good stuff. There was a lot of memorable moments. There were a lot of unusual uh, un- unusual story uh, ideas and character and, and like, uh, character ideas, things that break character archetypes that I found super super satisfying and unexpected. And, like, if I, when I come back to Stranger Things Season 3, uh, for Stranger Things Season 3, that's the stuff I'm going to be most excited about seeing again. Like, what are they going to break this time? That's what I'm there right. for.
0: Well, I, I actually really um felt like season two reached the potential, or I was able to see the potential realized that everyone was sort of ranting and raving about for season one that didn't work for me, and it did work in season two. Um, So I actually will say that for me there was a pretty radical difference between the two of them, and that one had had some potential, but didn't, didn't realize it. And this, it really did. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, it could end right here and be an awesome thing or given, you know, I I'm rooting for, you know, season, I'm sure there will be a season three, but I'm rooting for season three to be, you know, this really amazing thing. You know, you know what, how's, how's this for an idea?
1: If season in season three or four, what if the show shifted
0: to a hardcore horror series? I just, I don't think that'll happen. But imagine you know? what
1: if it did imagine like with the kids a bit older and like these realities that they've encountered, uh, you know, having been presented already, like what if it took a turn for that? And it was like dark and fucked up and like act genuinely scary. I right. would sort of be so excited if it like just kind of broke its own mold in that way, and it could st- and it could reference like hardcore
0: horror movies from the '80s, like it could. It definitely could, and I feel like it even does in this, if not hardcore. I also would argue, you know, PG thirteen, um, the PG thirteen rating came out in the '80s, and it was very it different. Came out, yeah, and no, but what I was gonna say is like PG movies in the like mid to late 70s to the to the mid 80s were more hardcore than most PG13 movies today. Yes. And so and this and, and and stranger things is like a hardcore PG. It's definitely not R, but it's like the hardcore PG of like, you know, the early 80s where you where it like wouldn't even be PG13 today. I think I think
1: you're right. Yeah, wasn't um wasn't Gremlins
0: PG? Yeah, Gremlins, was P- Gremlins and, I believe, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom were the two things that caused the PG-13 rating. Got it. Like, in, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, they're ripping hearts out of people and holding them in front of them and stuff like that. And kids are getting beaten left and right mercilessly and enslaved in chains and, like, really disturbing imagery. And Gremlins, the violence in Gremlins... Those are the two things And the first PG-13 movie was Red Dawn. Gremlins scared the
1: shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, legitimately scared the fuck out
0: of me. Um,
1: yeah, no, I, uh, I, I mean, and that was the thing. Like, PG-13 also carried over. And I think, I think PG-13, I think, like, everything kind of moved up. Or moved back, yeah. or in yeah, one move direction, back. yeah, moved yeah, back, yeah, like yeah. one step, um, yeah. When that, and that's
0: even a back. whole other thing that they're capturing here is the, uh, in terms of that nostalgia, is that nostalgia for the pre PG thirteen movie world when you could have sort of hardcore stuff in PG. I mean, I remember being a really little kid and seeing ET in the theaters, and I was like nine or something like that. And I remember when one of the kids calls the other kid penis breath. Like, they just wouldn't do that in a PG movie, like, in the first minute, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, th- and they would in this. I remember, actually, like, I sort of... um I like how much the kids curse in this. Because I cursed a lot when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14. Same. Although, but, the
1: like, what you just said is, like, kind of still speaking to what I'm talking about. Like, is this supposed to represent what life was like? Or is this supposed to represent the culture of artwork and media that came out at the time oh, I, that you I were think growing it's up the culture that's what of artwork and like. media yeah. i think
0: that's what it's about yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. about Absolutely. like th- Absolutely. it's
1: about that sort of like that it's like the old imagined world like that's what right. it's kind of like being um right not necessarily like the way it was the way life really was in 1980
0: no or it's the, it's about the way life was presented to us in the same way that like Every single one of these um, Marvel movies is direct, and DC movies, and sort of any of you know, the Star Wars movies, they're all directed by people who were influenced by, you know, um, you know the the Phoenix Saga and the X Men and the Star Wars movies. You know, like yeah. the, the, it's the same cultural. You know, this is tapping into some of those same cultural things i mean it you you could in many ways say that you know a lot of the big tempo movies are in fact doing the same thing as stranger things and stranger things is is doing it more nakedly and on a smaller screen mm. but is absolutely sort of paying homage to no you actually the art the media of, of a specific time. And that's why it's like, you know, when we originally talked about this, we called it the two Stevens and it was like, you know, Stephen King and Steven Spielberg, but there's more than that in there. Mm -hmm. But when you talk about stranger things, I mean, I, I do think that the characters broke through a little more. That's why it worked for me in the second season, more than in the first that in the first, it really was just this hodgepodge of media um and strung together into a story, but that that the characters came more alive into their own in the second season i i i'll I'll
1: come on board with you on that i do think like yeah, yeah. like i i i think the 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 references as as a as a as a as a cinematic texture just crystallized in the characters in this one. And I guess like right. that's maybe that's to be expected because again, they can kind of dispense with uh, heady introductions and all that. Cause it's a sequel just like any sequel, but, but right. that it's not only good because of that. Like it is, there is, there is quality in it. There's definitely quality in it. I, you know what? I don't see myself ever watching the first season again, and I right, could, right. I could but I would see, see this. Totally again. watch the second. Yeah, yes, exactly. I could, like, I could, and that's that's I, I think pretty significant praise. I just realized something. Like I should, like I don't know why. Like this is almost the elemental question. We probably should have started this this podcast with the question. But what are your views on on nostalgia? Like, are you a nostalgic person? Like, do you think a, oh a lot God, of what you I pursue guess. is like to kind of like there's, satisfy that?
0: I think it's like a Buddhist, maybe it was a Hindu monk. So there's some saying about how nostalgia is a bee drowning in its own honey <laughs> and that is absolutely you know um yes i that's something that affects me you know i spend most of my time not you know we're supposed to be present and live in the present i personally spend most of my time either ima- you know imagining what's to come like a future or living in the past absolutely i mean i am and that's one of the reasons why I probably reacted as strongly to season one as I did because I felt like it was intruding on my nostalgia because that's all it was, you know? (laughs) It was just, just like, replaying. I was like, but I've thought about all these things over the years for so much, you know? Um, And so, uh, yes, I I myself am someone who is, I think, more so than a lot of people that I know. Um, But I also spend a lot of time just as much time thinking like imagining things in the future and imagining a future. It's just, I'm rarely present in the present, you know, I'm usually present in the past or the future or both at the same time. Mm. Yeah.
1: I, I, I think I'm, I'm prob I'm probably not very nostalgic now, but like, but the truth is I, I, like, there are things from the past which I love and adore and return to frequently, but I don't think that's the same thing. Like I don't really, I don't ideate too much on on, like, the way that shit was, I do think about the future a whole lot.
0: I think, you know, um, like, I... I, I Well, nostalgia has replaced tradition. Mm. So, like, people used to grow up and you do things, you know, like, whatever, and and basically now it's become this sort of, and again, like, that, that honey metaphor, there's sort of a saccharine, sugary thing that sort of coats it, um... You know, but I, I, I think that, you know, again, like people spent like, you know, a thousand years, you know, going to church and not questioning it and sort of living the same life as their parents and their grandparents and all that. And, you know, there's a combination of a lot of things. Um, and it's also this longing for, a you know, a simpler time. But it was never as good as you remember it, you know. And that is yeah. also what you were talking about. This show does show, you know, present. You know, some of the shittier sides to things. Right. Yeah. You
1: know what? What you just said, that's so interesting. There's no church in the town, is there, in Hawkins? No. There's no, no church
0: presence or even like mention. No, the church is, you know, X Men comics right. and, you know, and, you know, Ghostbusters. And that's the whole thing that's, that's, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, we are living in this, you know, age of where more people know about you know sort of the you know the trinity of batman superman and wonder woman than the trinity of the father son and the holy ghost and so that's what's causing a huge schism in america yeah
1: yeah it's 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 funny because i want to say that like those aspects were i don't know about like in all of them but i think like the like the church or ideas of the church like we're we're pretty present and in, and in, in the 80s movies that
0: Stranger Things
1: draws from, but, like, it's pointedly absent.
0: I don't know. I don't I don't think that, like, the kids in Goonies went to church. I don't think that the kids in, in E.T. necessarily, you know? Like, I don't know about that. Um, whereas, like, they, they make sure in Stand By Me, I feel like you see them saying grace in, like, a flashback dinner scene, you know, uh-huh. and things uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's not, but even that isn't here. Right. Oh no, I I agree. No, this is that eighties world of where kids don't even eat with their parents half the time, you know, or they're eating in front of the TV. I mean, there's all of this, you know, um, you know, it's interesting. I think the kids in stranger things are like right at the same age as like the kids in, uh, the Americans, you know? Um, and that's sort of an interesting, you know, the nostalgia of the eighties that you, that is, you know, all over the place. Um, and, uh, even you could say in like the get down, even though that was 77, it was sort of the beginning of that, you know, cause even in 1977, they're talking about star Wars. They're talking about, you know, the X-Men, yeah. um, you know, things like that. So, um, that's a really interesting comparison point where you just said the yeah. get
1: down, the get down and stranger things is interest. It's very interesting.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, to, to be honest with you, I mean, no, I guess it's not the case. I was gonna say the youngest kids in the get down, would be as old as the oldest kids i mean one of the reasons i like to get down so much was because even though i was way younger than you know anyone any of the characters in that show by like you know a decade or more all of these things tend to from my youth tended to take place in the suburbs or in small town america and not in the city and so you know To see kids hanging out on fire escapes, to see kids like smoking pot and not going out to commit a crime. Yeah. I mean, that's something I could have seen a little more of. I mean, I don't know about small town America, but I know, I feel like, you know, there should have been, there should have been some pot smoking in Stranger Things. Yeah. Like with, maybe with the older kids, you know. Although I, I, I got to say, I mean, I knew kids who were smoking pot at like 13 or 14. Absolutely. Um, and kids who were smoking pot and dug Ghostbusters and you know and the X-Men so I don't you know I don't know
1: I don't think the Goonies are smoking weed
0: I don't know maybe on the low the older ones might have yeah. the older <laughs> ones might have <laughs> Oh, anyway, all right we're 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 way off. but yeah, no, so, I love uh, how at the start know, of
1: the show before the show started, uh, Chico's goes like, well, let's you know, let's keep it to a certain you know minimal time but I, there's just I think there is a lot to say like this
0: there is a lot to yeah. say. and um you know, it is a phenomenon. I mean, you know, and we waited a little longer to do this um just to give people time because I know a lot of people binged it like in the first weekend, but a lot of people, I feel like, haven't you know although i i this was really an example of something like that i I could have done all nine episodes in a row I mean I did it six and three uh-huh. and it was only because uh, I had plans on the day of like that we had to stop at six so I did six episodes one day with with uh you know with a neighbor and then three episodes um the next day so
1: yeah I um I actually I personally I, like measuring it I think
0: I, like, I, the
1: first one I think was bingier because I was just like, get to the fucking thing, like, do it, you know? Right. And it's like this one. I fell
0: asleep at one point during <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure I did, but I, 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 I remember like having it. to rewatch an episode because I like fell asleep in the middle of it and just totally like woke up <laughs> and the next one was starting. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know.
1: I think the to me, the first one was bingier and this one, like I watched it like a couple episodes a day. And I was, and I, and it worked like that because there there was like kind of more going on. There was, uh, like the, the asides and the like intricacies of the plot were, were, were much more pronounced. So I think it worked. I think it worked well as a non-binger, uh, for me myself, but yeah, this is a, yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm still on board though. I still, I still have my, I still have my little, my niggles with it. I can't help it.
0: Right. Well, I don't know. I'm definitely psyched to return to hawkins in 1985 uh because you know the first one was 83 second season was 84 and next year will be uh you know 1985 i mean there's also been this like the sexualization of the kids has been like a really weird thing like in media that's not i mean i guess maybe that happened with like you know cory not but not with kids this young like even the woman that i watched it with like when mike would come on like she said twice she was like wow that that guy's gonna be really hot when he." oh yeah that's right (laughs) you know and um, yeah I just there has been like you know you see on Twitter and they're like Wow, Millie Bobby Brown has grown up in front of our eyes. I was like, no, she hasn't. She's fucking 13. Yeah, I mean, you know... Like, what are you? Fucking Woody and, Allen? And, and no, you I, know, I don't... Ridiculous. I don't personally... And Woody Allen doesn't even go for 13.
1: <laughs> I don't... It it's like when, when, the, when all that shit started online, like, I was kind of looking at it, and I'm like, I don't know. She's wearing a skirt. I, she's in makeup. She's at a fucking event.
0: Like... Right, she's she, at an like, event. That, that's you know? what they do with, like, uh, girls. I mean, I, these people are going to start, like, yeah, fetishizing Shirley Temple. Man. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I didn't... I didn't think that
1: she can't that she in any way like presented sexually or anything like that no, not
0: at all that's the great thing about it like like her and mike's thing is like puppy love like there's nothing yeah like, you know so yeah yeah that,
1: that was really that was perplexing i don't i didn't really follow it or and i don't know if it was if it was you know uh just people kind of like Like, like looking for shit to freak out about or what, but it it was, yeah, it was confusing. I didn't think the show did and I didn't, I don't think she has. No, the
0: show definitely didn't. That's people, you know, that's, that's, yeah. All right. I think that's, uh, that's it for this, uh, this, this very special episode of Scream Squad. We will be back in two, possibly three weeks with another episode, but we will have at least one more episode before the end of the month. For you guys, and we'll announce again, right? We're going to announce the movie. Yes, yes. So that's going to be our new yeah. thing. Um, shout out to Lel uh, uh, Lucero, Lucero. You know, you got to figure uh, out how to pronounce Lu- his last name right <laughs> now. Well, he'll tell me now. Thanks. It's got to gotta be Lucero. Uh, it's got to be Lucero. Yes. Yeah. So yes, yeah, you're right. Um, who uh, pointed out that you know. A lot of listeners do want to like know the mo- you know, know in advance so that they could watch the movies. So we will be, in fact, announcing like a few days before the episode what movies, so that you could, you could have watched the movies and and, and actually know what what we're what we're talking. How about. how
1: might how might they know which movies we're going to announce? How would they find that information out, Chico? Now that
0: would be if you'd have to follow uh, the Scream Squad on Twitter. Ah, genius! That is that is the way. Yes, or you could see uh, retweets from uh, Leonardo F. Eff or uh, the Chico Leo also on Twitter. These are all great ways. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so uh, follow us on Twitter, and um, you can subscribe if you subscribe to Fan Bros. The uh, new and old Scream Squads will be uh, in your feed. Yep, all in one place. So yep, Fambro show. All right. And with that, uh, keep screaming. Keep screaming.